leaders, you're listening to the Leading Her Way podcast, where you learn how to use your feminine strengths to think, act, and become the executive leader you've always wanted to be, while laughing, loving, and living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Bryan. I built my career from the streets of Brooklyn to the boardroom as a three-time Fortune 500 executive. Welcome to this shared space designed just for us to openly discuss topics at the intersection of leadership and womanhood that will help you grow your career and lead boldly. All right, let's get this conversation started. Hello, and welcome, leader, to another episode of Leading Her Way, where I give you all the career strategy and mindset to grow your career to the executive level. If you're new here, I'm Dr. Nicole Bryan, and I'm an executive career growth strategist for ambitious women managers and leaders. So if you're someone who wants to build a super successful corporate career while generating wealth and making a deep impact through your leadership, I'm your girl. Today, we have a very important topic to discuss. Now, I thought long and hard about what we should cover on today's episode. And I wanted to recognize that we are moving into a season of the year that tends to be really stressful for you, right? Meaning that we're going into the end of the year or the end of the calendar year. And normally in most companies, It's also budget time, it's also performance review time, and we're also looking into the next year and what the goal should be. And as a woman who is leading a team or a woman who is even leading yourself, thinking about all the pressures that happen and toward the end of the year, both at work and outside of work, it tends to be really, really stressful for us. So, Having that in mind, I specifically wanted to talk about performance review season, knowing that you are someone who is managing a team, so you'll have to conduct performance reviews for your team members, and you're also an employee, so you'll have to participate as a individual in your own performance review with your boss. All of that, I don't know, it used to make me crazy every October, November, and December between writing the reviews, thinking about what I have to say, getting constructive feedback and collecting input from other people, just the experience of going through all of those things, both for my team and for myself, my stress level used to rise really high. So recognizing that we find ourselves at this time of year, yet again, I wanted to make sure that we talk about performance reviews in a unique way. So you're probably hearing from your company, from other managers, all the traditional things in terms of how to prepare best for your performance review discussions for your team members. What you're likely not hearing about and what your company may not be talking about is how you, as a people manager, can prepare for your own performance reviews. And that's what I want to talk about today. So buckle up and let's dig in. Now, like I said, performance review season, it can be a very emotionally and physically draining 
time period, especially for you, a female manager who also aspires to reach the executive suite. Okay, so I am a data girl. If, you, if you're new to me, you may be, this may be the first time you're hearing that, but I am, I'm a data girl. I am a psychologist by trade, which means that I am very into assessments. I'm into collecting data, both qualitative, qualitative and quantitative, to be able to learn more about myself, to be able to make informed business decisions and everything else that comes with data, right? Just even to understand and collect information. So for me, although performance review seasons have traditionally been stressful, I actually enjoy it because I never go through a performance review season without learning something significant about my team, about my organization, or about myself. When we think about performance reviews in general, it's important to note that approximately 65% of women report dissatisfaction with the feedback they receive during performance reviews. And it totally makes sense that that can have a significant impact on their career progression. It's also important to note that feedback plays a critical role in career development, with 83% of women believing that constructive feedback is essential for their professional growth. So what do these stats, when we put them together, tell us? They tell us that overall, you care, I care. We as women, we give a damn about getting constructive feedback. However, most of us leave our official performance review discussions dissatisfied with the feedback that we receive. So what can we do about that? And that's what I want to talk about today. Whether you are gearing up for your performance review season or you're in the middle of it, I want you to set a goal for yourself to have a different kind of performance review this year. And how will you accomplish that? Through the self-care strategy of detachment. Now let's talk about what detachment is. And don't get it twisted. I want you to use the strategy of detachment to your advantage, not to your disadvantage. So let's break down what detachment is. Now, detachment is not about disengaging. I am not advocating for you to remove yourself emotionally and intellectually to get through this season. In fact, I want you to do the opposite, right? I want you to use your brain to be strategic about how you approach your own performance review discussion this season, this year. So detachment isn't about disengaging, but it is about maintaining control over your emotions and your responses. So during performance reviews, being detached, it allows you to approach feedback with a clear and open mind rather than reacting emotionally. And when I say reacting emotionally, it doesn't necessarily mean you know, verbally reacting in your conversation with your boss or with other people who are giving you feedback. That's not only the way that you can be emotionally reacting. I have worked with, and even I myself at times have had emotionally emotional reactions 
in the conversation with someone without even showing them my emotions, but they have come up within me. And when the emotions come up within you, as you are in your performance review, as you can imagine, it blocks so much from happening. You shut down, you can't hear, or you're, you can hear, but you are not listening to the feedback. You're not open. You may keep an open stance physically, but you are not emotionally or in intellectually staying open to the feedback that you are receiving. You're so busy blocking and, and denying and um, you know pushing back that you are not allowing the feedback to be said. You are not allowing yourself the opportunity to process it nor are you are allowing yourself the opportunity to you know truly and objectively ask yourself whether there is any credence to the feedback that's being provided practicing detachment is a form of emotional intelligence and i'm going to have a whole separate episode on emotional intelligence actually i have a guest speaker who is going to join me in the conversation because emotional intelligence is one of those terms that you probably already heard of. You may think you know the definition of it. You may not know the definitions, which is perfectly okay. But emotional, emotional intelligence is one of those higher order leadership capabilities that is, has a very high correlation to someone ascending their career to the executive suite. So it's really important if you are someone who wants to uh, get promoted to the executive level, obtain your first uh, executive uh, role, VP, you're trying to get to the VP level, you're trying to get to the um, executive VP level, you're trying to get to the senior VP level. Emotional intelligence is definitely a capability that you want to hone and that you want to nurture. But for the purposes of our conversation today, I wanted to make the connection between emotional intelligence detachment, and being able to navigate your performance review effectively. Emotional intelligence, it involves recognizing, understanding, and managing your own emotions as well as the emotions of others. So in the context of performance reviews, emotional intelligence, which I'll refer to as EI from now on, it helps you maintain composure. It helps you self-regulate your emotional responses, and it fosters constructive conversations, even when you are receiving challenging feedback or feedback that you might not in that moment agree with. So what does detachment look like in real life? Imagine sitting in a performance review meeting, your manager, your supervisor, your VP, your EVP, whoever is providing you and giving you feedback, some of what, which might be critical, but you would be practicing detachment, which means you are maintaining a calm demeanor, even when the feedback is tough, even when you disagree with the feedback, and even when they are providing feedback that you don't necessarily hear data for or data to support. Or practicing detachment could be focusing on the facts and the objective feedback that is provided. Practicing detachment in real life 
also looks like avoiding emotional reactions and being defensive. Now, I don't want to pretend like practicing detachment or being detached during your performance review conversation is easy. It actually is quite challenging, especially when you are passionate about your work and you are invested in your career. It's totally natural to have an emotional response, but it's crucial to overcome those challenges. And one way to do that is to remind yourself that feedback is an opportunity for growth. It is not a personal attack. And in some cases, it may feel like a personal attack because obviously it is about you. It's about how you are performing or maybe not performing your roles and responsibilities even though you know that you are giving it 150% every day, that may not be what's being interpreted. Even in those situations, to be able to control your emotional response is very challenging, but it is critical to being able to practice detachment. Now, as difficult as this sounds, I want you to make I want to make sure you know that approaching your feedback with detachment can help you in a ton of ways. It can help you more effectively accept constructive criticism without being defensive. It can help you set clear goals and create an action plan based on the feedback, whether you agree with the feedback or not. And it can help you to seek clarification if the feedback is vague or if it's unclear. And the reason why I wanted to talk about detachment today was because it's not just a valuable skill for performance review season. It's also a predictor of your capability to handle senior leader situations because senior leaders need to remain calm and composed in high pressure situations. Senior leaders need to influence others and make well-informed decisions. And senior leaders need to present a compelling business case for whatever they want and what they need. And so as you navigate your performance review this year, you don't necessarily only need to be thinking about it in terms of how you use detachment during your performance discussion, but you can also be thinking about it and leverage it as a precursor to how you're going to need to use detachment when you get your senior leader role. Because as I've said in previous podcasts, as I say in all my social media content, It's your goal. We're going to make it happen. I got your back. But until then, what we can be doing, what you should be doing is practicing all the skills that are required for you to operate at that level because people are watching. How you handle or don't handle your performance review will be noted. And by the way, this is applicable when the emotions you might be feeling or thinking about are positive or negative. It's not just when you expect to get feedback that is negative. It's in both situations. Any type of emotional response is not practicing detachment. So whether it's positive or whether it's deemed negative, the important piece of it is being detached, which implies a certain level of neutrality so that you can take in the information, you can take in the feedback, you can ask intelligent questions back. Um, even when you and I, this is a you know sidebar tip in terms of performance reviews, which is 
I think I've mentioned before on this podcast that I am a post processor. So it is very difficult for me in the moment to be able to process information, ask all the questions that I need to ask, and then walk away. I usually have to hear the information, go step aside for a second, a day or two, maybe even sometimes a week, process the information, and then come back and ask my questions in an intelligent way. That is perfectly acceptable to do as part of your performance review discussion. Again, whether it's positive, whether you deem it positive or negative, that's what I would always advise, which is a perfect segue into some traditional tips that I give people managers and leaders around their own performance reviews. So that's consider that the first tip. The first tip is when you are in your performance review, don't feel compelled to react or respond to every piece of feedback. Go in, take notes, and take time. Meaning, thank, be, you know, graciously thank your manager, your leader for the feedback, and ask for a couple of days to process the information. And if you can schedule a part two of the conversation at a later time. 99% of the time, that's perfectly fine. And when it's not perfectly fine, you can still request it and make sure that you take the time you need to process the information and come back. That's tip number one. The second tip I will offer you is to always go into your performance review discussions prepared. Now, most companies will have a formal uh, performance review process. And in that formal performance review process, you would have already written down your thoughts about what you did well, what could be improved, maybe even what you think you want your goals to be for next year. Even when you have all of that, even if you've done all of that in some type of software or whatever, make sure that before your actual conversation that is scheduled, that you either review that information or you write down on a piece of paper or on your phone three to five things that you want to make sure you cover in the conversation with your boss. You always want to go into your performance review discussion, making sure that you know and understand the things that you want to highlight about your previous year's performance. That's tip number two. Tip number three is traditionally your boss is expected to guide the conversation if it's a performance review. But what I want to challenge you to think about is you can also guide this conversation. And when I say guide, I don't mean that you have to be the one talking the most. I don't mean that there's anything you need to do to strong arm the conversation. But when you are going into your performance review discussion, I want you to approach it strategically. I want you to know what you're going to say or what you want to say. Make sure the points that you want to make are made in that conversation. And I also want to make sure that you make the ask. And if you're following me on social media, I already said this before. I said it earlier this week. Make the ask. There is no performance review discussion that you should be going into as a people manager and as someone who aspires to grow her career to the executive suite without making an ask. 
What I mean by that is you have worked and performed for this organization for this entire year and probably for years before it. You have your own set of goals that may be aligned with the company's goals or may not be aligned with the company's goals. But either way, you want to ask for something that's going to support your professional growth, not just what may benefit your team, not just what may, you know, set you up for next year, but you want to ask for something for yourself that will help you grow your career, some type of professional development, some type of um, opportunity or a course or a coach or uh, some time off or something that will allow you to invest back into yourself and allow the company to do that as well. Make the ask. The timing is absolutely perfect and your chances of getting a yes are probably significantly higher because you've just talked about in your performance review all of the things that you and your team have delivered on behalf of the organization. So why would they say no, right? They might say no because of budget or the answer might be, you know what, let me check into it, particularly if you're asking for something that's not necessarily uh, common that they that the company already does and supports, that's fine. But do not leave the conversation without making an ask because if you don't ask, you're never gonna get. Okay, so let's recap what we covered today. We talked about using detachment as a self-care strategy during your performance review discussions this year. We also talked about emotional intelligence and how that is related to detachment. And it's also a key indicator of being able to take your career to the highest levels, right? To the senior leadership level, to the executive level. We talked about what detachment looks like in real life, like maintaining a calm demeanor, even when you're getting tough feedback, focusing on the facts and objective feedback, and avoiding emotional reactions and defensiveness. We also covered the fact that being detached can be very helpful for you. It can help you accept constructive criticism without being defensive. It can help you set clear goals and create an action plan based on the feedback, and it can help you seek clarification if the feedback is vague or unclear. If detachment is not already part of your leadership toolkit, then now is the time to integrate it because mastering detachment during performance review season can make a significant difference in your career journey. It's not about suppressing emotions, but it's about channeling your emotions in a constructive and a productive way. By practicing detachment, you'll be better equipped to receive feedback, to plan for your next career move, and to develop the leadership qualities required for executive roles. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. This podcast is quickly becoming one of my favorite parts of my business. I look forward to spending this time together. I look forward to the feedback that you provide me on each and every episode. And I've been loving the after the podcast conversations we've been having offline as well. So if you are someone who, so let's definitely keep that going. If you are someone who has used detachment previously, 
Or if you're someone who this is the first time you've heard about detachment as a strategy, I'd love to know. So send me a DM on LinkedIn. My handle is Dr. Nicole A. Bryan, and I'll also link it in the show notes. And if you're a mid-career manager or leader with dreams of reaching the executive suite and you're ready to turn that dream into a reality, then I invite you to join the waitlist for On Her Rise, my executive career accelerator program. I'll put that link in the show notes for you too. Okay, lady leader, we'll be back next time with more empowering content to help you take your career all the way to the top. That's a wrap for this episode of Leading Her Way. Thanks for tuning in. If you have thoughts, questions, or ideas for future topics, connect and send me a message on LinkedIn. And if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and please take a minute to write a quick review on Apple Podcasts. Your review will help spread the word to other ambitious females so they know they're not alone and that this podcast is a community of support for all of us leading her way to the top. Remember, your leadership is needed. Your leadership is powerful. So lead boldly. Until next time.